Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 348 of the most entertaining and terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet and you can take that to the bank this is the weekender this is when we dive into hedonism and also talk about amateur radio contests special events open source events distros to try all sorts of things that might make your weekend and the next two weeks better for you and if you want to mix a few of those things, like, you know, get on the air drunk and stuff like that, who's to say that you shouldn't do it? I mean, certainly not us. So <laughs> <laughs> just don't be a lid. But with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into this weekend in amateur radio. And the first thing we always talk about when it comes to amateur radio on the weekend is upcoming contests. Apparently we're we're out again, Bill. Yeah, yeah, he always forgets. Uh, that's okay. That's a weekender. He thinks he has the weekend off. Oh, uh, <laughs> hey, I didn't. I didn't announce me either. You know, you don't usually. You just jump right in the middle of it. <laughs> you know why I don't? You know what it's becoming? It's because because we do two of these back to back. I've already done it once, and then I'm like, oh well, everybody we're knows done. who we're talking yeah. about. So. All right, so fine, fine. <laughs> How about before we get to this weekend amateur radio and talk about those contests, we introduce ourselves. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill NE4RD. And here we go into contests. So as always, we get these from contestcalendar.com and we get the state QSO party challenge information confirmed up over on their website as well. So this weekend we have the big one. Well, one of the big ones, CQ Worldwide WPX contest. It's the CW variety. It runs from 0 Zulu May 30th to uh, 2359 Zulu May 31st. It runs 160 through 10, no work. It's a 48-hour contest. Single operator stations may operate 36 of the 48 hours. Off times must be a minimum of 60 minutes, during which no QSO is logged. Multi-operator stations may operate the full 48 hours. And what I found interesting on this one is I did not see where they've gotten rid of the multi-operator section. So um, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, it may or may not still be a thing, but it's definitely not in the rules right now. So they haven't put it in there. Um, if someone has heard otherwise, just send it in the chat room and we'll update later on. Uh, the other contest for this weekend that I saw was there was a, uh, P, uh, a PODXS, yeah, PODXS 070 Club three day weekend contest. And this is running from uh, zero Zulu on May 29th to 2359 Zulu on May 31st. And the mode here is PSK 31. So you can get your, uh, your PSK work in there. Warble, uh, warble. Warble. Well, it's not That's quite ready. Yeah. It's more like. <laughs> oh good we're gonna have a segment now where bill imitates digital modes 
<laughs> that that's Olivia. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so now do throb. Uh, I can't. It's like ha, ha, ha. <laughs> as opposed to Hellshriver, which is like click 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 click. Anyway, um, yeah. So this is a uh, one sixty through six meters. No work and no sixty meters. Uh, the PODXS zero uh, seven zero club is a free and open to all licensed amateur radio operators that enjoy the PSK thirty one digital mode. I didn't think there was anybody still doing that. Um, <laughs> SWL SWLers, or software uh, shortwave listeners, uh, please consider joining us once you have attained your amateur radio license. Uh, members send their call sign and their zero seven zero club number. Non members send their call sign and zero 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 in place of their zero seven zero club member number so there you go lots of zeros and there are no state QSO party challenges uh, this coming uh, weekend so let's look at what we got going on next weekend next weekend we got another cw contest the iaru region one field day is going on it's running from 1500 zulu june 6 to 1420 or uh, 1459 zulu on june 7th the mode there again is cw and it's running 160 through 10 no work uh, the D-A-R-K-S-E, I guess the, the, I don't know, German Amateur Radio Club or something like that. The DARK is uh, known to provide a, a well-accepted, adjudicated process and ranking for international entries in the IARU Region 1 field days. There are certainly several other result listings available based on the specific national rules, but only the DARK listing supports the idea of an international field day competition. Uh, example given, you can find some stations from Great Britain on our listing what, whatever that means. I don't know. <laughs> Your log helps us to improve the quality of our log checking. You will be rewarded with a detailed UBN report providing feedback for quality management in your field day team, as well as a high-quality online PDF certificate, which can be reproduced for every team member. Hit print. Anyway, um, so check that contest out if you're into the C-dubs. And we do have one state that has a state QSO party challenge uh, next uh, next weekend, and that is Kentucky. So uh, you can continue your progress on the state QSO party challenge with the Kentucky QSO party. And I recommend participating in the Kentucky QSO party while drinking something that comes from there. <laughs> That's part of the exchange, right? Like which uh, which Kentucky <laughs> bourbon you're drinking at the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely think they should make that a thing. That sounds uh, good to me. All right, so we also have a couple of amateur radio special event stations coming up. Uh, the first one is the Mike the Headless Chicken Festival, which sounds awesome. The only thing is I just went to their site, and they have postponed it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. I, I read up on all the history of Mike the Headless Chicken, and it's kind of fun. Yeah, well, you can talk about Mike the Headless Chicken if you want, but um, apparently there's a chicken with no head or something, or was. This is way back in the, the 40s. 40s, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in Colorado. But <clears throat> anyway, they were supposed to have, uh, <coughs> sorry, they were supposed to have a festival uh, and uh, special event station, Whiskey Zero Mike, and uh, that's that's kind of funny, actually, Zero Mike. <laughs> um. But it has been postponed. Uh, I will leave this in here, though, and I will put a link to the event and the history of Mike the Headless Chicken in the show notes so that you can check it out and find out when they reschedule it so you can participate whenever that is. Then also coming up, we have the AD Day commemoration. This will be operating from June 3rd through June 10th, 1300 Zulu through 2200 Zulu daily. The call sign for this is Whiskey to Whiskey. They'll be operating on or about 
1444, 14044, 7244, and 7044. And they'll also be operating 3.544 and 3.844 on 80 meters. And digital modes are also possible during the event. The Amateur Radio Club of the National Electronics Museum, ARCNEM, will operate W2W in commemoration of the anniversary of D-Day and the role of electronics in World War II. Primary operation will be June 6th through June 7th, with additional operation possible during the other period mentioned, as operator availability permits. Frequencies will be plus or minus according to QRM. Certificates are available with a self-addressed stamped envelope, and details are available at www-2.us, and that, of course, will be in the show notes as well. And finally, we have Nuclear Submarine USS Nautilus SSN-571 commemoration. This will be operating two full days, 0000 Zulu to 2359 Zulu on June 6th and June 7th. Call sign will be November 1 Sierra. We'll be operating out of Groton, Connecticut, which is where the Nautilus is. We'll be operating on 387-725-1428 and 28.4. USL will be available. USL card will be available. And uh, details will be available on the N1S QRZ page and the Kilo 3 Lima Bravo Bravo Delta page. And a link, of course, will be in the show notes. So check that out if you want special events. And I didn't check to see if those have been canceled or not. So hopefully they're not. But, you know, they they are. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We can only do so much. So moving on, we have an announcement. And I saw that I was listening to what's what's the deal with playing like AR Newsline and stuff on a repeater? Technically illegal? No. No. Okay. Because it's of interest to the hobby or something? Yes. I find it annoying because I I have uh I have a repeater in my radio that's in Fairland, Kansas that I can barely hear and but that's what they play. They play that. it all the time and it my my radio always hangs up on it when I'm trying to get on local nets and stuff, but whatever. Well, they try to keep it short. So I know it's like, I think they keep it on like 15 minutes or so split in half for repeater timeouts and stuff like that. So it's not, it's not too bad. Yeah. Well, I just happened to notice the only reason I brought any of that up is because I was listening to it and they were playing AR Newsline and Neil Rapp already had this story. But so what? If you haven't listened to AR Newsline, you only listen to us. This is cool. But I got this in an email directly from John Amadeo, AA6JA, who is one of the producers of the last man standing and he let us know that that show has been renewed for another season and they're hoping that the first episode of that new season will air sometime in the january 2021 time frame so our favorite i guess uh amateur radio television star will be on the air again mm-hmm. next year so there you go and i was just making stuff up as far as the linux and hamshack ham radio challenge for this fortnight and i put Wander outside and activate your backyard portable <laughs> or, <laughs> or try some satellite work using an easy to build inexpensive VHF and UHF equipment, you know, with a little polarized antenna or whatever. Just do some satellite work. I think I've done something similar along these lines, but it's basically just get outside, enjoy the nice weather, remain physically distant from your neighbors and get on the air. Simple as that. So moving on from there, we have this weekend in open source, and Bill is going to tell us about a Linux distribution that you might want to try. Yeah, I saw this mentioned on some new site, and <laughs> then I, I went uh, trying to dig it and find it myself. But this is called iRaspian, 
And if you want to make your Raspberry Pi look like a Mac, who doesn't like the eye candy of the Mac? Well, some people don't. Anyway, uh, even though their website looks like someone messed up the index page, because when you load the page, it comes up blank. There luckily is an internet archive of the download files available, so you can flash your Raspberry Pi with uh, their uh, their yummy iRaspbian goodness. They also uh, the same uh, the 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 website is uh, Raspbian X, and that's already a, a distro for ras uh, the Raspberry Pis. Um, but they also have the iRaspbian now, which uh, comes uh, already kind of pre-configured to kind of look like a Mac, or if you're used to. Uh, Linux distributions would be like Pantheon distribution or uh, like uh, or a Pantheon uh, desktop environment or uh, elementary OS. So it kind of gives you that that kind of look and feel with your dock at the bottom. And uh, yeah, no, no top bar at all, I don't believe. So, uh, yeah, check that out. It uh, has a, already has a little flash file for you. Just download it, flash it and uh, away you go on your Raspberry Pi. So uh, check that out. All right. And I did manage to dig up some virtual open source events. Now, some of these are about a month out, but I figure that just gives you more time to sign up for them and get ready for them to get here. So you'll be well prepared when they, when they show up. These are all Linux Foundation events. There are other events coming up and we'll touch on those in the next weekender. But this was an easy way to get some stuff that you might want to attend. The first one is OpenJS World and this one's on June 23rd and 24th. And this is the Open JavaScript Foundation's annual event, bringing together JavaScript and web ecosystems, including Node.js, Electron, AMP, and more. Learn and engage with leaders deploying innovative applications at massive scale. The link will be in the show notes. And then there is Cloud Foundry Summit North America. This is June 24th and 25th. Cloud Foundry Summit is built by and for the Cloud Foundry community, whether you're a contributor or committer building the platform or you're using Cloud Foundry to attain your business goals. Cloud Foundry Summit is where developers, operators, CIOs, and other IT professionals go to share best practices and innovate together. And then there's also the Virtual Linux Foundation Network Developer and Testing Forum. It'll take place on June 22nd through the 25th. And while we can't convene in the same physical location at this time, we will use a combination of online tools to create a productive and interactive virtual meeting environment as the principal technical event for the LF networking projects. This biannual gathering provides the opportunity for each participating community to advance their project roadmaps and explore cross-community collaboration and integration points. And there's a lot more information about that, but a link to everything you need to know about it will be in the show notes. And they are accepting topic proposals through June 3rd, if you're that sort. Well, that's all I had. So, (laughs) well, there are more. You can you can look at like Red Hat and uh, Linux Foundation and OpenSource.org and stuff like that, and they list quite a few events. So there's still stuff going on, even though it's all virtual at the moment. And for an open source challenge, I put in here, try a project that is built on a containerization model and learn something about Docker, Vagrant, or other technologies that provide a container deployment. So that's something to try, I guess. I guess, do we consider like snaps and things like that containerized? Probably not. Those are just... Those are sort of containerized. They're like sandboxed. Yeah, but they don't sandbox resources, right? They're just sandbox deployments, uh, sandbox installations. Yeah. It's not quite the same thing, but, uh, you know, I guess if you install something via Snap or AppImage, we'll call it good. And in the meantime, 
while you're trying to figure out what snap to deploy, you might want to try making what Cheryl has got in here for her recipe corner. It's a little time consuming. Well, then install lots of snaps. <laughs> Snappy snaps. There, there you go. <laughs> All right. So what do you got for us? Uh, this week we're doing bacon jam. So Russ and I actually had this about four years ago now, three and a half years ago, at uh, Bass Pro in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, they they rehabbed a concert facility that's a big pyramid and turned it into Bass Pro. And up on the very top floor, uh, they have built a restaurant. So we wanted to go up and play on the observation deck up there and decide to grab a snack while we were at it. So we had pimento cheese and bacon jam served on crostini. So I decided to come home and replicate it, and I did. So um, it's it's great on hamburgers. It's great on crackers with some cheese or by itself or straight out of the jar. So it's it's very sweet, though, so I will warn you about that. Um, but it's, it's pretty simple to make. It has uh, bacon, onion, garlic cloves, brown sugar, maple syrup, balsamic vinegar, and some chili powder. Cook your bacon and use your bacon fat to fry your onion in. Drain that and then, well, cook your bacon or cook your onion until they're caramelized. Then add the bacon back in with the brown sugar, the maple, all that. Um, and you bring that to summer and basically let it turn to jammy consistency and then stick it in a jar and throw it in the fridge. And when you're ready to eat it, pull it out for a little bit so it kind of comes up to room temperature and serve it on your cheese and crackers or on your burger, whatever you want to use it. Yeah, this stuff was ridiculously good. And I'm not like trying to talk about that, that store that's, that's there in Memphis, but if you ever go there, it's very, definitely it's try a very this cool out. store. Well, the store itself is cool. So, but yeah, definitely it costs 10 bucks to go up to the restaurant because they charge you because the observation deck is through the restaurant. So we thought, yeah, well, we've already paid the 10 bucks to get up here, but as well eat while we're here. So, and so we grabbed an appetizer and back yes. down we went. It was so, good. It was good. Well, well worth the extra dough to get up there. Yep. So. She had a really good view of, uh, Eastern Arkansas and the, mississippi river and memphis and all that all that jazz yeah so so destination i suppose and so with that we'll move into my drink corner for tonight i have my newest bottle of whiskey which is jack daniel's single barrel barrel proof and despite the fact that it's kind of a mouthful it is not your (laughs) average jack daniels for sure jack ain't got no friends Well, no, after drinking this, they're all going to be passed out on the floor. So. <laughs> um, according to Jack Daniels themselves on their website, it says it's whiskey as nature intended it, bottled straight from the barrel at its full proof, intense, smooth, and remarkably varied. Barrel proof is bottled at anywhere from 125 to 140 proof, taking Jack's tr- trademark vanilla and toasted oak flavors to bold new levels. Uh, even though it's not labeled a bourbon, it meets the criteria for a bourbon. Uh, after distillation, it goes through the Lincoln County process, so-called, dripping for six days in 10-foot vats through charcoal filters made of charred maple wood. Aging is in the upper levels of the rickhouses on this particular barrel strength for four to seven years. And this is Jack Daniels' first barrel strength product offered to the public. So, what about it? Well, 
like the little blurb said, it could be a bourbon, but it's not. They call it a Tennessee whiskey. Mash bill on it is 80% corn, 12% rye, and 8% malted barley. The barrel info on the particular bottle that I have, since it's a single barrel, these are all dumped from a single barrel, so they identify the barrels. It came from Rick R10. The barrel number is 20-00423, and it was either dumped or bottled, or perhaps both, on January 24th of 2020. This particular bottle is bottled at 64.95%, and that is 129.9 proof, so it's sort of up there. Uh, but they say it's bottled up, up to 140. So this is kind of, uh, sort of at the lower right. end of that well, spectrum. It's kind of in the middle. Uh, it comes from Jack Daniels, of course, and they're out of Lynchburg, Tennessee. The color on it is a nice, beautiful, deep amber. Um, they actually sell this in, um, boxes. So you can't see the color unless they pull it out of the box and put it on the shelf, uh, which is kind of disappointing, actually, because it's got one of the most, the darkest, deepest, reddish brown amber color of any whiskey or of most of the whiskeys that I've tried. So color alone is really incredible. Uh, the nose on it is rather nice too. It's mostly banana and vanilla, a little bit of green apple. And I also got sandalwood and tobacco, probably because of the uh, hot aging. But let me uh, taste it here since I've already given the nose. I'm not gonna. I can try pulling the cork on it again. Hopefully, it won't like slam the uh, <laughs> slam the <laughs> microphone. Like okay, here we go. Yeah, I already poured it. I just wanted to pop the cork. <laughs> All right. So the taste on it. Oh, it is like the banana in this to me is so strong. If you've ever had banana laffy taffy, that's exactly what it is. It it it's just so banana. So once you get past the banana, there is actually some other stuff in here. Um, there's a little bit of caramel and chocolate. Tobacco is definitely in there. You get barrel spice, a burnt maple sugar, and I think that comes from the char and the filtration through the maple wood. Um, and you also get a very oily mouth coating general sweetness that kind of that fades into the finish. And that vanilla sort of holds on to the banana and the barrel spice. That, that gives you that sort of not quite aged as long as some other bourbons or Tennessee whiskeys. Um, but it definitely doesn't feel young and it's, it's a full experience, you know, top to bottom. So, and, uh, this is actually better today than it was when we first opened it. So I'm really, really digging this. And this is really good for me because when it comes to like, you know, old number seven, the black label bottle that you pull off the shelf can't stand that stuff (laughs) um but this this is really really good and it seems to be getting better the more i have of it so and i don't mean today i mean in general (laughs) it's like not like i'm getting wasted and it's tasting better no it's actually getting better uh the more i drink of it so lots of picked it up on friday right uh yes Yeah. yeah so if you want to try something interesting uh, from a name that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be something interesting, you definitely might want to give this a try. It's a little on the expensive side. Most places have it in the 60 to $65 ranges. We know of at least one place that was 70. So I thought it was 75 because with tax, it came out to 80. It was 71.99. Yeah, I gotcha, gotcha, like okay. So it's not cheap, but I think it's absolutely worth 
the $65 that we paid for it. So uh, I am going to give it a 93. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's really that good. And from a company that puts out something that's really not good, <laughs> um, this is really good. So definitely give the Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof a try. It is well worth it. And Bill is going to tell us about uh, farts and beer. Farts and well, oh, farts, farts and whiskey. Sorry, farts, farts and, and whiskey. whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, see, we're recording this on a Memorial Day, and I didn't really feel like bringing out the old barbecue. I decided to uh, make barbecue in a crock pot, and not just normal barbecue. I made cowboy beans, and uh, this is kind of a, a cool little uh, recipe. I, I kind of threw together what I threw in mine, and it was it tastes really good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I figured I'd share it. Um, uh, basically, there's a bag of pintos, a bag of uh, kidney beans, the smaller bags, not the huge monster bag, but like a, you know, small, I don't know, like one what, pound bags. Yeah, like one pound bags. So, you know, I got a pretty big crock pot. So, I mean, it, it, it does most of the crock pot with the beans. Uh, about a pound of bacon, two white onions, about a pound and a half of ham chunked up. Uh, we just had a spiral ham the other day. So we chunked up the, the back end that's not spiraled and used that for like the big chunks of ham. You can also put hot dogs in it. When I pulled my hot dogs out, they looked bad, so I, I didn't put the hot dogs in it. But <laughs> hot dogs are a really good addition to this as well. Um, uh, container of beef stock, so like you know, one of those little, you know, it's like what four cups in that thing or something like that. But one of the cartons. Yeah, the cartons. Yeah, yeah. It's like 20, yeah. 20 yeah. some ounces. So. Twenty some ounces. So whatever. Yeah, it's like four cups, something like that. Um, so ketchup, about half a cup, plus or minus barbecue sauce. Your, use your favorite barbecue sauce. If it's a barbecue sauce you like, use that about three quarters a cup plus or minus i threw in some worcestershire sauce just to kind of because i didn't have any like liquid smoke if you have liquid smoke you might want just a little bit of that in there that that kind of gives it that nice smoky barbecue taste um and anything else you want in it for seasoning i added uh some sweet hot jalapenos that i have um and i added some of the brine in there about a half cup of that stuff kind of gives it a nice little nice little kick in the kick in the drawers there um, so I did the, uh, I prepped the beans overnight, you know, soak them overnight and they, you know, blow up and get a little softer. I cooked the bacon to a little bit less than crispy, pulled the bacon out and then sauteed the onions and the bacon, then threw everything in the crock pot, set it on high for four to six hours until the beans are nice and tender and yummy and, um, didn't need any more seasoning afterwards. So this seemed to have worked. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really good. <laughs> I'm going to be paying for it later. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's, you know, obviously, you know, there's, a, there's some sugar in there and stuff like that, but I mean, you know, it's a lot of fiber and a, and a lot of uh, protein there. So it's, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> Definitely will fill your, fill your stomach up. And, uh, yeah, if you like, if you like barbecue sauce and that kind of flavory stuff, that that's really good. Uh, it could also be served as a side dish if you wanted to do that. Then I would probably cut this this down. I mean, ours is you could serve an army with it. Um, <laughs> the way it came out, <laughs> so we'll we'll have it for a while. Uh, it's kind of like an alternative to making chili or something like that. This is a this is a good good alternative to uh, making a pot of chili for the week. And then I also have some larceny here. I'm trying to get rid of. Woo! <laughs> Um, I, I didn't recommend it. I, I guess yeah, I, you I, recommended uh, the Larceny no, Barrel Proof. Well, you told me to find that one, right? Yeah, the Barrel Proof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't have that in the store, and so I ended up, picked up a bottle of regular Larceny. Um, and uh, it's a bit harsh, I think. It's just not a really good flavor. I was kind of expecting like a Weller's type flavor. 
Um, yeah, nothing like Weller's. Yeah, you're spoiled. <laughs> yeah, Weller's is the bomb. I mean, that would be like, <laughs> my rating would be like, you know, 98.9 or something like that. It's just, it's so good <laughs> by itself. Doesn't need anything. Don't mess with it. It's just delicious. Larceny, on the other hand, is only good when you throw ice in it. <laughs> so it needs some water, basically, just to kind of cut some of that, that weird harshness taste. I, I don't know what, what that comes from. I, it might just be my palate just doesn't like it. But, um, yeah, it's just, ah, you know, it's fine with ice. It's not even that great when you mix it with something. I tried to even mix it with Coke or something like that. And it just, it doesn't stick out enough in the Coke to make it great. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I like yeah. it as a mixer, but I don't use Coke because Coke, Coke is pretty overpowering. I use uh, like a Diet Pepsi or a Pepsi well, that's Max. Right. Not Diet Coke, that's what we use here. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even, have regular Coke. <laughs> even just Diet, though. I mean, Pepsi Max has a milder flavor to me than Coke. Coke is like sharper and more acidic and tends to overpower anything you put in it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. So. Diet drink. Yeah. Diet Coke. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, just it wasn't that great. I mean. Well, that's okay. You won't have to, you'll suffer through it and then you'll never buy it again. Yeah. Actually, the last of it is in my cup right now. So I'm, I'm powered, I've powered through it so I can get rid of it. So it's out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) I must be on the search for some more Weller. I need a bottle for my office too, because I'm almost out of it at the office. Oh, no. All right. Well, very good. So lots of different things to try over the next couple of weeks if you're so inclined. Lots of different food options, whiskey options, uh, although I guess uh, you'll have to make up your own mind on the larceny. And uh, you can go back to my larceny review, which is an episode something, something, something. Just search for it on the website. You'll find it. Um, I like it more than Bill does, but, you know, it's whatever. We all have <laughs> our tastes. So, And with that, we have come down to the end of the show. We want to thank all the folks who were here listening to us live tonight. We appreciate them. And we appreciate everybody who supports the show and who listens and who makes all of this possible. Uh, but live tonight, we had Dave, KD9EBR, Don, KC9ZMY, Ted, WA0EIR, Dan, KF5TQN, Tony, KM4HSD, and Jonas Rulo. So thanks, everybody, for being here. We hope you have a wonderful two weeks, and we'll catch you up on the next Weekender when that happens. And, of course, there will be a couple of regular episodes in between. Have a good time, everybody. Stay safe out there. This has been episode number 348 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS Live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link 
is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voice now at 1909 LHS That's 1909 Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or handfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Shack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.